millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hello, my name is Dave Hannity and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 26 of the No Encore Music Podcast, spectacular extravaganza of music podcasts. Was that good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Excellent. That's I don't think you oversold it. Thanks, man. Uh, that, the first voice you heard there was Craig Fitzpatrick. Hi, hey, Craig. Hey, handsome. What's up? Do you like that one? <laughs> bit flirty. <laughs> uh, you know, you gave me the, the raised eyebrows when you did it. I did. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Colin Regan. I'm lowering my eyebrows in case it doesn't come across the podcast. Hello. How's it going, Dave? Hello. I'm not, no, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not bad, but I'm not great. I'm not great. <laughs> Tell okay? me why. Are we going to talk about what we talked about off air? No. <laughs> just before this. No, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to something else. Damn it. Would have made for a better show. But please, anyway, please stop you're talking. upset about something. Yeah, I'm upset about a lot of things. But this week in particular, and right now in particular, I'm upset about the fact that on the way over, I dropped my phone. Look oh, at it. Oh, shit. Look, I dropped it. It's actually all right. Like, it's not terrible. Yeah. But it, it's been cracked. It, it, it now has uh, some significant superficial damage mm-hmm. it looks um, okay to me it's still workable it's you're still not gonna cut fine. yourself i'm not gonna cut myself on, on those and you know hey hey guys scars tell stories am i right my last iphone and i think chicks dig so chicks yeah love I, that shit. I spent about eight months with it just completely smashed and it was great i yeah. loved every kind of crack by the end of it and you're yeah. all into the weird like the crevices and like like kind of feeling your way around like it was a modern art installation piece. it really was yeah and well so nonetheless what i would say to listeners conversation is, starter uh, <laughs> It's a weird conversation starter. <laughs> Check out my fucked up phone. Oh, yeah, I bet you're really mysterious. Is it, Where is would it I a, fix something is it, like that? Is it a reflection of your soul and <laughs> yeah, your heart? 
Uh, yeah, listeners, what I would <laughs> say is... my portrait um, of Dorian Gray? What I would say is... Oh, you got better looking. <laughs> Musicandheadstuff.org, uh, subject header, new phone. If you want to contribute to the Dave Hanready Gets a New Phone Fund, because, uh, you know, I, I, I could use it. And it would happen on today of all days when a, a, a printing malfunction mm-hmm. means that we don't have paper notes in front of us. So I have to use my actual phone to, to read out the... Uh, just so anyone who has been listening for the previous 25 episodes, we actually have notes. It's not all free form. It, I know yeah. you might think Sometimes it is. Sometimes we go off script. It's been... It's ha- I think it happened in episode six. Maybe once, once yeah. yeah. We love a good tangent, <laughs> but we, we generally are a little bit at least semi-professional. So... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, That's out the window today. I'm That's concerned. I feel adrift. About the phone? No, about the notes. Oh. Like, I don't know. I think my phone it's still the out. same. They're just in electronic form I know, now. But I, can't, I like that rustle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like the rustle of the paper. I like feeling like I'm, you know, like a, a proper old-style journalist with papers. You know, yeah, like, and you a know. drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of two ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, it really hey, isn't. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> Should we move into news? Let's. Yes, let's. Okay, uh, a news story that I don't really want to talk about, but I guess we have to. Come on, Dave. Because it's topical. Uh, yeah, uh, fucking serial madman and confirmed lunatic Donald Trump Bono. is... <laughs> Bono. <laughs> <laughs> we promised as well we weren't going to talk about you two this podcast, and what do you know? First They've just thing turned out. 40. Yeah, but... Um, 40 not out. Bono, uh, yeah, has been weighing in on Donald Trump. He's saying, been, yeah, uh, he's, um, he's, he's been the, warning voters in America, which they'll love to hear. He's the latest name to, to pile on the, the Donald Trump hate train. You know, give the man a... Br- no, he's a horrible human being. Uh, so, yeah, Bono has warned voters in America not to usher in Donald Trump as the next president. He said that the Republican army had, quote, hijacked the party and hijacked the idea of America. Now, this quote from Bono, uh, we can have a, a listen to him. So let's have a listen to him. Look, America... He's like the best idea the world ever came up with. But Donald Trump is potentially the worst idea that ever happened to America. Potentially. could destroy it. Because of what we're saying. Because America's not just a country. Ireland's a nice country. Great Britain's a great country. All the rest of it. It's not an idea. America is an idea. And that idea is bound up in justice and equality for all. Quality and justice for all, you know, and and this this you know the, the, I think of uh, Emma Lam- Lazarus. Those lines give give me your 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 tired, your 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 poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. This is America. I mean, this is not not from Donald Trump's Trump's playbook. And look, I have spent twenty years nearly 20 years now, fiercely bipartisan. And I'm going to stay that way. And I have enormous respect for um, the party of, of, of Abraham Lincoln. Some of the greatest workers in the one campaign come from conservative tradition, are Republicans that are very close friends of mine. I don't think he's to- a Republican. But what is I it? I think he's hijacked uh, the, the, the party. I think he's trying to hijack... The idea of America, and I, and I think it's bigger than all of us. I think it's, 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 it, it, this is really dangerous. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, cannot, it should, wise people of conscience should not let this man turn your country into a casino. So, like that line, look, America is like the best idea the world ever came up with. There's pandering. Yeah. And then there's Olympic gold medal. Oh, but he's Andrew. been saying that for thirty years. I mean, that's his whole game. Really it really is. is. <laughs> but I mean, it is 
Colbertian levels of like re-becoming the greatest greatness we never weren't. Yeah. Um, and it's true because if you watch any of these political things, basically people get up on stage and they go, America is the greatest country in the world. Let me tell you all the things that's wrong with it. <laughs> and it's like, well, hang on. If all that shit's wrong, why is it so great? Constitution, man. Constitution. <laughs> Do you remember that wonderfully terrible show, The Newsroom? Aaron Sorkin. Oh, Aaron, God. Aaron Sorkin's saw, uh, yeah. strange, maudlin, bizarre, over-the-top crusade Jeff Daniels, journalism. was it? Jeff Daniels uh, playing Will McAvoy. And the opening sequence of that entire show is he's like, he's a news guy. So he's like at a college and some blonde girl gets up in the crowd and she's like, uh, Mr. McAvoy. Uh, no, she doesn't say I'm like, um, <laughs> like oh, Janice from Friends. Yes, yeah, so Mr. McAvoy. I, I can't do it now. I'm oh like, but she was like, "What do you say? America is the greatest country in the world." Developed a list and then, of course, he like goes into this weird thing where, like, he's like, "Well, I wouldn't say it's the greatest country." And followed by like a ten-minute speech that Aaron Sorkin like scribbled down hastily in his car one day while being pissed off. Terrible show. I mean, you hate watch the fuck out of it, but at the same time, <laughs> a bit of a reflection on modern politics with the likes of Donald Trump uh, potentially being the next president of the United States and the likes of Bono uh, as his kind of you know. Come on, guys. Let, we can do better. Listen, I don't want to do down Bono because I think he's a good dude underneath it all. But, you know, him and Trump are kind of the same, two sides of the same mouth, really, in that they both want to get involved in pol- political stuff, but they probably don't want to do any of the admin. They'll just say <laughs> stuff, you know? Here's a good line, and then, like, just let everyone else they clean up the pieces. They spectacular and, blonde hair. Yeah, well, questionable. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Eater's hair, but anyway. Um, yeah, so. Bono also, uh, in terms of his platitudes, one of my favorite quotes of all time is when Bono described the iPod as the most important art invention since the electric guitar. Yeah. He was probably talking about the U2 iPod as well. <laughs> that had just come out at I the think, time. I think he might have been. Yeah, yeah, I think it was probably at the launch of that. Either way, I'll give him this. I would rather Bono than Marilyn Manson's approach of just not voting at all. But you not think he's got a point? <laughs> I don't know. I think that the way that I've always seen it, at the very least, is that if you don't vote, you lose your ability to complain. No, for I hate years. this argument. This is complete bullshit. This is such a fucking straw man. And yeah, obviously, I'm someone who has often not voted. Uh, and I'll tell you why. From personal experience, remember that Lisbon Treaty nonsense mm-hmm. a while ago? Oh, when they made us Where go they just again. Made you go, you made you go yeah. again. Because we didn't get what we wanted, so do it again. So well, you at like, least kind of spoil the ballot paper, I think. Uh, so that's why I don't vote. Just however, so your numbers included. However, you know, I did vote uh, for the same-sex marriage referendum. Voted yes, obviously. <laughs> And, you know, when, when, the, when the time hopefully Back comes... Back off Twitter. <laughs> when the time hopefully comes, and hopefully it comes soon, I will, of course, be voting to repeal the Eighth Amendment. But when it comes to politics and when it comes to, you know... Like, what other issues are close no, to but, your no, heart? But, no, but when it, comes to, when, when it comes to, like, you know, let's vote in another person who will just lie to us and not do anything, I can understand why somebody would be so pissed off that they're like, well, no, fuck it, I'm done. And especially if you got, if you got taken for a ride, like the Lisbon Treaty, and like a lot of people probably in America when it comes to presidential elections, when, you know... They were like sold by something, and then it didn't happen. I can totally get it. I, yeah, I, 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 I think in the pantheon of Marilyn Manson saying outrageous things, this is not outrageous. Oh no, this oh, really no. isn't that outrageous. But can I Marilyn just say, Manson's. like, I mean, he says I don't find either candidate to my liking, so I choose to stand out of this one. Now, there's going to be four people on the ballot paper. In fairness, I mean, you could vote for Gary Johnson, well, Gary Johnson, who doesn't know what Aleppo is, <laughs> and there's also that Green Party one. So he's got options. The so other I mean, thing, though, is that this is the, the, the kind of narrative that's been pushed of like, you know, oh, our two choices are so terrible. I saw this fantastic tweet with a gif of Hillary reacting to the balloons and you know making her a stupid face, and then Donald Trump flapping his arms around and making a stupid face, and it was like these are our two options. What does America come to? The thing is, Hillary was reacting to balloons dropping while Donald Trump was mocking a disabled. Reporting. There's quite a difference. There really is. 
But, yeah. you know, it just suits them to kind of just brush that under the carpet. It is a bizarre system where you end Lads, up with those two choices. It has. Right? So we'll, 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 let's just say this. Marilyn Manson says, I don't think it's a coward stance. A lot of people might say that. I just really don't want to be part of this piece of history. I get that vibe. I mean, it's not a cowardly thing, but I just think at least kind of make a statement of some sort. I suppose he has with coming out and saying that. Before we leave uh, All Matters, Trump and Political behind, uh, shout out to Nick Simmons, uh, son of Gene Simmons. Absolutely shout out to Nick Simmons. Uh, Shown some voice... Uh, 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 Simmons showing voice of reason it's about time yeah we've obviously uh spoken before about how our entire careers on radio nova's rock report has pretty much been fueled by the stupid and inane ramblings of, of gene, gene simmons. simmons yeah and recently uh, talking about kind of profiling in the wake of uh, the terrorist attacks in new york and new jersey suggesting that uh, the man suspected that the attacks should go to jail and become somebody's girlfriend great great one gene really good and his son uh, told TMZ he's the fucking Donald Trump of rock. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> that and, really uh, sums it up. I it mean, does, yeah. Yeah, here, here, Nick. Well done. Uh, well, he said uh, he, he went on to try and explain Gene's horrible, outdated, horrific, racist, disgusting views. He said, uh, here's where he's coming from. He grew up in Haifa in a house with bullet holes in it, so he feels like he won the fucking Hunger Games by getting to America. He made it to paradise, and now he's terrified of anyone taking away this amazing place that he's found. So yeah, Gene Simmons, you know, again, you know, we talk about him from a laugh at him point of view here and there, but the sad thing is the man does have fans. and you know, He'll probably be running in 2020. Yeah. Like, against Kanye. <laughs> against Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, we all know who will be voting for that. That'll, that'll be a good podcast. I wonder who Marilyn Manson <laughs> will be voting for there. But yeah, uh, no more politics uh, in LA. No more politics on this show because I've had enough of it. No more boobs either, though. Yeah, you all right with this? Just about. Okay. Uh, yeah, Playboy magazine still going in the age of print declining. Uh, they've had to make some changes, though. The old popular men's periodical. Uh, very recently, they had the first non-naked woman on the cover. Everyone's wearing sweaters now. Everyone's wearing kind of like, it, it all looks like an, like an ad for American Apparel. Yeah. And it appears that in a bid to stay relevant and a bid to you know flex for the gram and all that kind of nonsense and modern parlance. Um, Sky Ferreira, an intriguing pop singer, yeah, and, uh, kind of erstwhile actress, has released a fantastic debut album, uh, "Nighttime My Time," in 2013, and has been teasing her latest record, "Masochism," for about a year and a half now. She was also subject to a piece in an American magazine earlier this summer, which a lot of people took objection to because there was phrases like "killer tits" bandied around. So you can understand why that would upset people. But she's trying to reverse the trend somewhat and trying to take the power back, I guess, and smash the patriarchy and all that kind of stuff by appearing on the cover of Playboy as a tie-in to the record. Yeah, and she seems to be dressed as a Playboy bunny. Um, Really upset one, though. (laughs) Yeah, very sad altogether. Which mirrors her uh, Gaspar Noé shot Nighttime My Time cover in which she's naked in a shower. Yeah, very much does. And she, of course, announced it on Instagram. And she said, I'm the first bunny ever to be a creative collaborator and creative art direct, she wrote. It's one for the tombstone, isn't it? Yeah. So she says that she produced and directed all the content for her appearance in the issue, which she calls the first visual introduction to her forthcoming album. So, yeah, she's got creative control. It's part of this art installation she's about to unleash on the world and it just kind of smacks of desperation from both camps I think I've actually <laughs> got to be honest and say that I don't know a ton about Sky Ferreira it's strange she's lived in my blind spot somewhere next to like little green cars and the riptide movement what are you familiar with this this is a bizarre thing where I was sent to talk to little green cars one morning assuming that as a music journalist in Dublin I would have something to say to them and I had nothing 
nothing at That's all. That's a big I'd, assumption to make. I'd never heard a single song of theirs. Right. I wasn't really aware that they were popular. Yeah. Um, yeah, it had just somehow completely passed Hearing their music wouldn't necessarily fill you full of questions either. <laughs> so, I mean, are you saying that if you had I'll to go... just make Craig do it. <laughs> so if you had to go and interview Sky Ferreira, are you saying that you, you, you wouldn't... I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Well, if, I, if, I, if, I could, if, if, if I was told now and I had time for research, I'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she passed me by basically. Yeah, really? she came out a few years yeah. ago, and she was kind of being, you know, put out there as kind of a next pop thing. She wasn't quite happy with the way that was going. She took back control quite admirably. Yeah, and she started doing some great stuff with Dev Hines. Released a couple of great tracks. The yeah. album was very strong as well. Everything, is, er, everything is embarrassing is a terrific good, song. Good even, art, even pop. that kind of you know that kind of throwback rock song with the. Terry Richardson directed video. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Red Lips. Red Lips. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah, some, yeah, some great stuff. She's on the very record. interesting. This is less interesting. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if she is terribly interesting. Just from interviews really? I've seen with her, I don't know. I don't know if I, I vibe with her, guys. That's all. Well, she's going to be in Twin Peaks. Okay. But so well, is everybody. Remember yeah, I mean, that list. Come on. So um, Craig will, be all bad. Craig will withhold judgment. Speaking of uh, David Lynch, you've uh, you're all set for the David Lynch festival. I am up, five yeah. films. You, it's going to be a really weird winter for me. Every five weekend films in the Lighthouse <laughs> Cinema across uh, <laughs> fucking what November December. Yeah, you're going to hear the fucking disillusionment in Craig's voice on this podcast. I think I'm seeing think. Inland Empire for the first time at like two o'clock in the afternoon. That film on is a ten years old. Sunday, and you still yeah, haven't I know. Seen it. Sunday afternoon. So I'm just going to be stumbling out of like <laughs> a cinema that on Sunday is, afternoon. I'll say after this, man. That. It's a really good movie. It's not a Sunday afternoon film is yeah I mean is Blue Velvet a kind of half eleven on a Saturday night film oh perfect yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> head out to the workman after it I probably will <laughs> give you us all an update I'm very much looking forward to it it should be awesome well one man who's very much looking forward to his latest honour is uh, the fantastic Killer Mike over on the Jewels fame we're big fans at this table. And uh, earlier this year, his native Atlanta, the Department of Watershed Management, asked the city's resident to help name a new $11.6 million tunnel boring machine that the city was constructing to turn a local quarry into an emergency drinking water reservoir. These are the kind of things that President Trump will have to deal with when he gets into office. And I'm possibly telling you all this admin. So much admin. So uh, there was a naming a naming competition for a giant drill. I mean, like like, you know... Times are always interesting, aren't they? <laughs> they are, but I'm just, I'm really glad a drilly McDrill face didn't <sighs> make it into the fucking Thank God. Case. Fuck that shit. Um, so the naming competition was narrowed into three names. Scarlet, Peach Beast, and the winner, Driller Mike. Yeah. It's good. Considering we've all written for Hot Press, I think the pun has to, you know, the pun is strong. It had to win. It had to win. <laughs> if you didn't win, this would have been an absolute outrage. Killer Mike discussed the honour, and he said it was the funniest thing in the world to me. I didn't take it seriously because I'm a rapper, and cities don't associate themselves with rappers. But I'm also a business owner, a dad, an active member of politics in Atlanta, so I was honestly honoured that people in my city saw fit to name something after me. Uh, it's a very nice kind of uh, Killer Mike story. Like He's a very lovable soul. He campaigned very hard for Bernie Sanders, and I guess at the end of the day, if you get an $11.6 million giant drill named after you, you know... Not bad. I just want to know. Let's what, have that new album though. What please. Peach Beast, Beast was about? Yeah. Can we find that out for next yeah, episode? Because Peach Beast is just it sounds gross. Anyway, okay. well, I think that's the end of the news for this week. Oh, hang on a second. Oh. Attention, everyone! One, one. Shut up, Craig on Kanye. Yes, it's Craig on Kanye. Um, we're just going to drive this into the ground <laughs> every week. Um, this week it's more Craig on Justin Vernon on Kanye. We all know there's been a pretty nasty public feud between Kid Cudi and Kanye, but there was an altogether kind of friendlier argument between Justin and Kanye that Justin's been talking about, and apparently it helped him quite a lot. So they essentially got into an argument over the meaning of the word humble. 
which Im- immediately just reminded me of that Donald Trump thing of him just being like in that interview I think I'm far more humble than you could ever possibly understand just the best quote <laughs> of the year that's a fantastic line <laughs> really like, you gotta give him that much at least yeah. that is a brilliant line Kanye's argument was essentially have you ever looked up the meaning of the word humble and Justin was like no Kanye I haven't so Kanye of course either got a dictionary <laughs> or got on his MacBook and was like here's what the meaning is Justin said it's actually far more um, self-demeaning, a kind of problematic Midwestern sorry mentality than I realised. So he kind of realised actually by being so humble, he was doing himself a disservice. And he learned a lot that day about, you know, kind of having self-confidence. This is my favourite non-story. <laughs> this is just an after-school special. Of the year. In the lead up to 22 million, if it's a masterpiece, we can thank Kanye. Well, and that's Craig on Kanye. <laughs> we will we will give you the full verdict on twenty two million on the next episode of the podcast. We've uh, all been listening to it over the last day or two, and yeah, we could have come in here today and given it a full review, but we felt that that would be too much of a Guardian slash Telegraph. Yeah. I, d- I did see. I do I love my stretch as well. I do love like, my YouTube comments. I saw one comment under one of the songs we've heard so far. And it said, see, this is the kind of shit you produce if you start hanging out with Kanye, Ooh. which was just... Well, that's interesting, because <laughs> they're probably referring to like that track, Creeks, which, you know, he's already been doing for years. Yeah, probably People was. will probably be like, oh, it's got autotune on it, it must be Kanye. But to be fair, when I spoke to James Vincent McMorrow, uh, interview which you can read on Drown and right now, he did call out 808s and Heartbreaks as uh, one of the most influential records, if not the most influential record of the last 10 years, particularly on the likes of him and Drake. Drake. And clearly, clearly on uh, Bonnie Vera as well. So like I say, uh, yeah, the Bonnie Vera record, as Cullum alluded to there a lot to unpack we've had a few listens i'm not sure where i stand on it we'll talk more about that next week we will just mm. before we move on as well georgia is the peach state i think that's what it is oh, okay. okay right cool thanks man it still sounds disgusting all right songs of the week <laughs> um our first one and it's brand new it's from the weekend and it's called Starboy. here it is Yeah, so that's the comeback from the weekend, uh, featuring Daft Punk. The track is called Starboy, released with relatively little uh, fanfare yeah. or flourish. We got the cover, we got the album title, we were probably expecting a bit He's of a He's got longer. a new haircut. Uh, yeah, this was the most upsetting thing, actually, for me. No, because I, that I, hair, I welcome this. I welcome no, no, this. no. That hair was so iconic, I think. Well, if he had put in another six months, it would have just been high up there with... So. Absolutely high. He's been rocking that now for a few years, <gasps> and that looks like high-maintenance stuff. I'd say so, Take but like, that someone, kind of... Take it from someone who knows, guys. That kind of dying bonsai tree look mixed with like Lady Gaga's, you know, lobster crystal headpiece thing. I just looked great, I think. Well, he's gone for a nice <laughs> trim look, and uh, if the album cover is anything to go by, it suits the man. But does this new, not in so much a new direction, but, you know, and not what you might expect for a comeback single, does this suit him? I mean, he's still very much going for the pop angle, isn't he? Well, the, the album's called Starboy. Yeah, yeah, very much so. He's got his hair cut, he's got Daft Punk. He's got an incredible uh, neon blue jacket. Yeah, I wasn't like knocked out by this straight away. Um, I've been playing it just kind of on repeat and I've definitely, it kind of unfurls itself a lot. I like the production quite a lot. The chorus for me isn't particularly strong, to be honest. But what's going on underneath, some of those synth lines, very daft punky, which took me a while to kind of get. 
and they work well for me and it's kind of it arrives at a good time of the year it has that like autumnal feel to it it sounds great he sounds a bit moany on it I'm not blown away but what do you guys think I kind of agree I mean I think I I think it's fair to say that a lot of people felt when they saw and heard you know The weekend working with Daft Punk you're thinking oh well this is going to be you know the, the Get Lucky track or whatever this is going to be yeah. that track which, which takes the best of Daft Punk and the best of The weekend and you know mashes them together and that's very much not the case I mean like you say there are some Daft Punk style flourishes in here and The weekend is probably in you know, the more melancholy mood that we know him uh, rather than uh, can't feel my face kind of disco anthem or something like that. Yeah. Um, It's a grower. It definitely doesn't grab you straight away. Um, There are nice parts to the song. I'm not sure whether an album of this sort of material could stand up or would stand up I just over think, 10, 12 tracks. I think the approach where he's both bragging and quite upset about his life isn't working for me. And I know that's a weekend thing. That's not a weekend thing. That is the weekend <laughs> thing. <laughs> but I don't know if these kind of new set of circumstances lend that to it. Maybe he's just becoming too... That's a very good I'm point. I'm a pop star. That's a very good point, yeah. He's not some shadowy figure that's just a kid on the fringes. Yeah, can, you know? you, can that coexist? This was actually like... I did a podcast, Poor for State, with Rory Cashin, and we kind of talked about that quite a bit. We were talking about like... Can you really be both? Can you really be the world's biggest pop star as he has professed to want to be now and also keep writing songs that are full of self-loathing but also humble bragging? Well, not so much humble bragging, just flat-out bra- bragging. Um, I really, really like this. Uh, it's always going to work for me, particularly when it starts off with what sounds like Nine Snails, like Daft Punk sounding much less like Daft Punk, but those synths, yeah. that kind of like that groove, that that, that that's Trent Reznor and like- Ross soundtrack work. That's beautiful. Uh, you you know even like the the kind of like the the claps the, the, like I hate claps in songs, but the distorted clap you hate here, claps in songs. I, I generally don't like claps. Uh, I, I don't like them <laughs> on my on the ear. Uh, I think this is great. Um, I really like that it isn't. A lot of people are are saying missed opportunity, including you guys. Um, and no, I'm, well, in, in as much as you you know you, you call your song Starboy, you got Daft Punk with you. It's the weekend. We know what you can do. You're expecting a fucking opus here. You're expecting a banger, and you get this kind of more subtle, you know, restrained, a bit pissed off, a bit acidic. I think this is hypnotic. I'm really into it. I I haven't quite figured it all out yet. I think it has serious replay value. Of course, I don't want an entire album that's just this. But you never want an entire album that's just the first single you're going to hear. Uh, very compelling. And I'm glad he hasn't gone the box ticking route, as I'm sure the yeah. pressure was there to do it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, like like you say, yeah, an album of just this is unlikely. It was also very unlikely that you were ever going to get 12, you know, box ticking bangers, as it were. I guess I'm just surprised that given that, you know, this is a tra- track with Daft Punk, given that this is the kind of the comeback single and the lead single for the album, I guess I was just expecting something a little bit more immediate, a little bit more in your face and something, I guess, to set down a marker that if you are going to be, you know, the kind of marquee biggest pop star in the world, then this would be sort of a calling card and it doesn't feel like that to me. I'm just concerned he, he kind of gets less interesting as he goes along. I mean, I suppose when you start with Trilogy, you're, you know, and so House of Balloons. Sky Ferreira like and The weekend of Craig's Christmas card list. <laughs> uh, would Danny Brown, who you once taught... Uh, How to turn on a Appliances to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would he Craig be on going. there? This is Danny Brown. This is really dope. I'm late by your next up blow. If you be struck with C4, I'll be fresh from head to toe. Every day I'm passing show. You stack talk that guy like go and turn like John. Now, one that got left and good, I'd have made it out the hood. Take up the 
motherfucker would. They say I got the city on fire. I ain't booming, that's a goddamn lie. Whoa. Really though, like really though. So that's Danny Brown. Uh, that's really though, and um, he's already released another track since this. Since we kind of like lined this one up for this week, it appears that he's you know just throwing out the tracks for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> what I'm wondering <laughs> here in particular is, Craig, as recently as the last show or the show before it, you said that Kendrick Lamar needs to kind of take a step back, yeah, and you know just like take a break so he's not too oversaturated. I'm with you on that. But I'm liking him on this. No, he's great on this, and I agree. Because um, he's not phoning it in. And Danny Brown's talked himself about how this is almost a Kendrick track, insofar as it was the production was nearly discarded. Kendrick came up with the hook. He supplied his verse, and that kind of prompted Danny Brown to say, okay, we need to get loads of people on this and make it a, a proper track. And it, it is a banger. Uh, well, sorry, it's not a banger, but the verses kind of have that... I don't know star quality and everyone kind of just wanting to outdo each other I would almost. say it kind of goes nowhere but at the same time but it's time, got that hypnotic thing it's, it's like the thing, wind chimes in a haunted weird. house kind yeah of you said thing. autumnal earlier on this feels like a Halloween song yeah, I think yeah, Craig also show, nailed yeah. it when he said that people are trying to outdo one another one of the problems when you get a rapper just laying a verse on a pop track as happens so often is that basically it it doesn't need to be them like it could just be any rapper, you know, because it's the yeah. subject matter and isn't it's like, there. What's their, their motivation? Yeah, and the subject matter isn't <laughs> of their choice. Obviously, the beat is not of their choice. Yeah, they're just there to lay in sixteen bars because something needs to break it up. Here, you have no choice but to like just nail it and to be yourself. Because Danny Brown has just done his last verse in his typical Danny Brown fashion. Yeah, you can't ape that. You can't phone it in. You've got to sort of set down a marker and to, you know, do something very different. Yeah, I like Kendrick on this. I like the track. I think it fizzes with a bit of energy. And uh, yeah, it, it almost, as well, it sounds like they're having fun. Yeah, Earl Sweatshirt just kind of laid back, but very kind of a lot of depth there as per usual. Absol kills it, I think, just kind of Alistair Crowley references and good punnage and good interlocking lines. It's I also, think Danny kind of steals the show, to be honest. deceptively, but, you know, like I think it's about five minutes, doesn't feel five no, minutes. No, it doesn't. You're hitting that replay button. Yeah. You know, you're and like, everything I'm kind of hearing from this upcoming album, Atrocity Exhibition, is just sounding really interesting. I think Danny Brown, as much as people think of him as a kind of a bit of a loose cannon, he's got like immaculate taste in music. Mm-hmm. Like it always sounds terrific and he gets great people in so I'm excited about this. Are you excited about Leonard Cohen at 82 years of age? Yes. On his birthday releasing Happy birthday. Releasing a song that I mean you know it's dark as you would expect it's almost inviting death to come. <laughs> it's called You Want It Darker appropriately enough the title track off his next record yeah. and it sounds like you this. You Want It Darker we kill the flame. Magnified, sanctified, be thy holy name. Vilified, crucified in the human frame. A million candles burning for the help that never came. You want it darker. So yeah, I mean, like, what do you say about Leonard Cohen, uh, you know, at, at, at this stage of the game? I, I think it is explicit in as much as, like, you know, he's pretty much says, I'm ready to go now. Like, or something, he's got a line like that where it's like, yeah. um, this is very much in the vein of uh, Nevermind from 
popular, popular problems, problems, which was used as the intro music to the much maligned, unfairly so, if you ask me, second season of True Detective. Um, beautiful production on this by his son. Yeah, and yeah, that's what really stood out. I mean, when I say it's a Leonard Cohen song, I'm not damning it with faint praise or dismissing it, but it's a Leonard Cohen song. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think it's terrific. Yeah, and it's something he's been doing. I mean, he's been doing throughout his career, just meditations on mortality, but certainly when you're kind of aging um, and he's keenly aware of his own, you know, where he's at and what people are expecting him to kind of ruminate on. Since he kind of made that comeback when he, you know, got back touring because he had financial issues and kind of in a way, thank God, because it was great to see him live. Then he got back in the studio with Old Ideas, the first kind of comeback record. He was very much touching on these teams and did it so well with some beautiful stuff. Popular Problems, yeah, was him maybe looking at the outside world a bit more. And on this, uh, I kind of hate to say, and I don't know, I really hope they're just rumours, but there is stuff swirling around that he's not in the best of health, um, which kind of just adds even more to this, uh, which hopefully isn't true. But yeah, just, I mean, it is stuff, It's it, rather than a retread, he just seems to kind of dig even deeper and find kind of better pearls of wisdom every time. Well, I mean, when he wrote the letter to the real-life Marianne a couple yeah. months ago, he kind of said, you know, I will be following you very soon. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, look, the man is 82 years old. Uh, I think, you know, it doesn't take any sort of genius, and he doesn't need to be a genius himself to know that, you know, yeah, you're days on earth could be numbered at the same time I think that he usually writes and maybe this is because I've seen him live and I've seen him live a number of times he writes with almost this sense of just slight bit of mischief Oh, totally. And kind yeah. of like, yeah. you know, there, there's He's a such kind of a, a funny writer, which he doesn't there, get enough credit yeah, for. There's him, a wry yeah. smile in it and all the rest of it. And Oh, he's yeah. winking here. Like he's, he's basically winking at the Grim Reaper, and he's like, yeah, I know. It's, it's like I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm ready. Let's fucking go. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with this. I've won. Although at one level as well, I think he might be sort, sort of just a little bit winking at us as well and saying like, you know, Let's not start writing my obituary just Very much yet. so. I'm glad his kind of son is producing this because actually I ended up reviewing his last record, his solo record. wasn't really expecting much just because you never do. You're, you have that bias when you hear, you know, kids of famous music, musicians. But there was a couple of nice songs on it and it was really well produced. And I think with Leonard over maybe the last 20 years or so, sometimes... The accompanying music is a bit like a kind of band and a kind of like cocktail bar at times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you want that. You want him to be the guy in the cocktail bar just kind of doing his thing. But this sounds kind of slightly slicker. There's some interesting stuff with just with the chanting. And I think it could, a bit more sonic depth could really make a special album. His enunciations as well are still just so... Oh, yeah. Beautiful. He doesn't even need to sing. He's got that kind of voice. Yeah. <laughs> he just, the man knows how to weigh up a sentence. And yeah, it bodes well for the record. We hope the man is in good health. And I mean, what can you say? What a What a legacy. Yeah, one of the greats. Uh, a, a band that could have had a good legacy. <laughs> Not necessarily Cohen-esque. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> but there was a time when, for a lot of people, Block Party, where, where the Leonard Cohen, where the Leonard the, Cohen of, of, the uh, indie. Of, of the post-Brit-pop indie <laughs> onslaught yeah. revolution, if you will. Yeah. People were crazy about them when Sound Alarm came out, and it kind of became a bit of a diminishing returns thing as culminating in Hymns, which came out this year. A lot of people have forgotten that record came out this year. I haven't, because I had to review it. It's appalling. And yeah. they brought out a new track, which wasn't on the record. It's called Stunt Queen, and it sounds like this. Talking grease at the side of a neck. No one likes the grass. I got 
that's not bad for about, you know, up until Kelly starts singing, right? This is it. Well, I don't know. He, he gets maybe a good 80 seconds before inevitably he will introduce either some bizarre key change or just weird synth and it just all goes, I don't know. Tits up, you can yeah. say it. But I think he's, tr- you know, I'm being very daring here. I'm, you know, mixing up a bit of pop with something that's really avant-garde. And I was like, no, you've just ruined your song, mate. You've just ruined a half-decent demo. You've ruined his fucking, <laughs> you've ruined his band. You've ruined your career, mate. Yeah, <laughs> he's ruined his band. He truly has. Yeah. Completely ruined. This is a bit like one of those people, you they know. They found their drummer on YouTube. They're a joke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look. I, I I haven't listened to hymns. I listened to the album before that. Don't if if you're if you're getting a track right, that's an off cut from one of those albums. Yeah. First of all, you've got to expect it's going to be this bad. But yeah, Block Party Man. It's just they have this idea. I compare it to somebody who's been told the approximate idea of fusion food, but has not had it explained <laughs> how it's meant to work, and have ended up ended up cooking something like the shepherd's pie slash banoffee from Friends. Yeah, where they've said, "I like these six elements. Why wouldn't they sit together?" But we've now got to a point where I don't even know if he wrote something really good. If I, because I'm immediately tense when I hear his voice, just because I'm reminded, it's like you know you've been punched repeatedly by someone, and the next time you see them, you're just like, oh god, what's going to happen to me like, now? And they're like, oh, I'm not going to hit you, <laughs> yeah. man. I've changed. Yeah. So I'm just jittery when I hear this stuff now. I can't. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think the first couple of even the first three block, par- block party records have merit. Uh, I was yeah. never as into Sonic Alarm as everybody else was. I think they definitely had their moments, but. I mean, a band that knows dive like crazy, and yeah. to, the, to the point where I mean, like you know, like they've lost the, you know, half the band, half the band, and it's just like, hang it up, it's over. You know, it's over. Like, like this, this is so over. It is, and what's more, I mean, when they're losing half the band, it's like, like, cry for help at this stage. Kelly Okereke has actually made, you know, kind of music as uh, in a solo guys. Why he mm. wouldn't do better that? better received as well, and like a little bit more, you know, like. Palatable, yeah, I suppose. It was pretty crap, though, wasn't it? No, it was I'm a boxer. Saying, I'm not saying it's record, great yeah. or anything, but I mean, like, at least, yeah, do like kill the name. You know, like get rid of Block Party, let it die, move on. <laughs> hey there, listener. Uh, thanks very much for supporting the No Encore podcast as we've hit past 25 episodes, guys. Thank you both as well. You've, you've been part of that. No, it's been magical. He sounds so magical and so happy. Cullum, Thank, yeah, Jesus. Okay, well, they're, they're playing up for dramatic effect, and but we all know that we're the top fucking dog. On the Heads of Podcast Fucking Network. awesome. However, there are other podcasts that you should check out as well. And as a matter of fact, the Heads of Podcast Network is expanding. It's pregnant with a new podcast. <laughs> and that podcast is about reviewing things that you wouldn't ordinarily review. It's called Reviewables. Teaser trailer is up now and it's coming soon. So, look, it's not going to be as good as... Giving birth to it. It's not going to be as good as No Encore. Maybe they'll review No Encore. That's what they should review. Nervous now. No, no, no I'm, judgment. I'm all for that. All right. Yo, yo, reviewable guys. I'm calling you out, much like Juvenalia, who are also on the Heads of Podcast Network. Stop making enemies. Heads of Podcast friends. Network, guys. It's where it's at or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Keen McGarrigal, and this is Reviewables, the weekly podcast that examines the lowbrow pleasures and overlooked moments of life. When you go onto somebody's profile, it should be like Airbnb. There should be a series of, I don't know, sections. You have dated Liam. (laughs) You may also enjoy Brendan. (laughs) And and what sort of effect does Raisin have on you now? Anger. I get really angry if, say, if you're at a party or something. A terrible party. I get together. (laughs) Hey, everyone, I got a big bowl of raisins. (laughs) We review what other people don't. 
from mystery meat to life's defeats and everything in between. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and please rate, review and spread the word. It'll really help us get to as many listeners as possible. Do you find yourself dead and you can't dig your own grave? <laughs> Let us do it for you. Let's finish with a good song, shall we? Yeah. Do you want to introduce it, Dave? I can't pronounce the singer's name, but I'm going to try. Tinashe. I think it's Tinashe. 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 And the song is called Company. I just want some company, company. I just need some company, company. I just need some company, company. I just need some company, company. That was Tinashe. That was... We think. Tinash... Uh, that was Tinashe. Uh, or Tinash... No. That was a track Hi, called that, Company. <laughs> Hi, that was Tinashe with Company. And Craig's not a big fan. Cullum is. Talk about it, lads. Well, I know Cullum's a fan of the production on this, and it is quite... Filthy, dirty beats, as yeah. you said. Yeah, and he said it in a kind of filthy, dirty way. Dirty beats. Yeah, it's the dream, I believe, uh, certainly on co-production on this, and it is It is quite interesting, but it's just a loop that doesn't really go anywhere, and I think what's going on on top of it is nice, but ultimately kind of aimless, and we're hearing a lot of this kind of stuff at the moment from a lot of talented people. I know she's been massively hyped, the album's been Joyride has been you know long awaited for a long time and I think people are expecting her to kind of blow up but on this it's kind of unremarkable fine but unremarkable yeah I, I love the production to be fair I quite liked this as a song that didn't try to do too much this in fact is a song that is in a way it's exactly like what we were talking about earlier where you expect a rapper to pop up for no apparent reason yeah and to just lend 16 bars to break it I'm up. I'm glad they didn't. I'm really glad that yeah. they didn't. Yeah. And no, I like this song a lot. I think, like I say, it didn't sort of overextend itself. It didn't try to, you know, be particularly special in a way, as it were. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was good to listen to. I enjoyed it. Dave? I feel exactly the same way. Uh, it's no party favours featuring Young Thug, but it is good. <laughs> but what is? But <laughs> not much is, man. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't need every song to have some kind of wild beginning, middle and end. I like a bit of a groove every now and then. And that's what I have to say about that song. Yeah, I'm with you. It's no Starboy by the weekend, though. But what is? <laughs> well, that seems to be Dave's song of the week. I tell you, it's no Leonard Cohen flirting with mortality. But what is? What is? It's no Danny Kelly Okarecki <laughs> destroying yeah. Block Party's legacy. But what is? And it's no Danny Brands, <laughs> who are our <laughs> album of the week. Yeah, Limerick's finest, uh, back with their fourth or fourth and a half album, if you count their split LP from a few years ago. It's called Be Honest, Fear Not. It sounds like this. Yeah, so that's boring 
by winding... It's anything but, mate. It it definitely is, although it's also probably not quite indicative of this album. No, not not hugely representative. I don't know why we picked that song. Any song that calls out the singer from the frames in a disparaging way gets a place right there. True story as well. my heart, by the way. Steve Ryan tried to throw a plastic bottle at the singer from the frames. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of people have thought about it. <laughs> so, what's the story there? Like, is there more to it? He there's there's no to ton more. Yeah, and then I think like his mate stopped him. Better of it. Like cotton thrown in. So, don't friends. He was already here. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> song is actually a, a true story. The whole album is in truth. Yeah, and that I guess is reflected in the album title, and it's probably also reflected in the fact that yeah, there isn't you know perhaps the stylistic coherence. Um, of something that's been, you know, a very focused piece of work, but that it's actually quite, uh, yeah, I guess quite genuine, quite heartfelt. What did you make of it? Um, I enjoyed it. I like kind of pretty much everything they put out. I don't know if it was quite up there with I Am Not The Crow, which was just an absolutely outstanding album from about maybe three years ago now. Um, Four years ago, time flies. (laughs) But yeah, as you say, I mean, this is a record really about the struggles of being in a band and somehow... They don't make it cringy. They don't make it that boring. You know, it's 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 a bit all over the place musically. But I don't know. There's such a kind of a lightness of touch with their approach to kind of rocking out. And um, I don't know. A lot of bands in this genre have maybe certain macho leanings, I think. But I think they just have a kind of, not a femininity, <laughs> but a kind of grace and style that just kind of lends itself well to this kind of music. And it's, it's sometimes guitar heroics, but it's like Stephen Malkmus kind of ironic guitar heroics where you can kind of go, okay, they're just doing a 90s thing. Now, you say outstanding about I Am Not The Crow. Mm. Terrific record. Um, but it wasn't really outstanding for you when you were on the Choice <laughs> Music Prize panel, was it, Craig? In fact, if I recall correctly, it didn't win that year. I think De Laurentiis' Little Sparks just Maybe beat it. Friends of the podcast, are so you saying? <laughs> you had the chance to put I Am Not The Crow as number one, which would mean that it was technically the outstanding... There's some holes in this <laughs> in this term that you've... Well, you, I think we've actually talked about it on the podcast before. But I feel like I, you should probably address it even further right now. And well, tell it, the Windings boys it, why they it, didn't win. It came down to those two records and it was um, as we've talked about the Choice Music Prize before it's a kind of committee decision by committee thing and the album that wins is the one that everyone can agree should win you know maybe not their favourite album um, actually, to be honest, I probably would have gone for Del Rento's record <laughs> over it, but I totally, I mean, you're so what you're kind of you chalk were, uh, and cheese. You were just following orders. Um, <laughs> another question for you, though. Um, you said they're not really that kind of genre. What genre would you put them at? Genuine question, because I mean, I, I find it very hard to put them into a genre. Well, I guess Steve comes, obviously, from, you know, Give Him Out a Kick, and probably we only hear traces of that on Boring and the on the passing of Sega track and that was more kind of agit rock but this is hard rock kind of with almost instrumental post-rock leanings but obviously clearly vocals so they're coming from hardcore roots but expanding on that and I'm going to go with prog hardcore from Limerick there Dave now piss off (laughs) (laughs) I like that that's been Um, our encore for this week everybody this album was recorded in three days Wow. And it does not sound like it. Um, regular listeners of this pod will know that we have a particular soft spot for an album with a good closing track and uh, indeed a good opening track. Mm. And I think that on both of those, they nailed it here. The The, the yep. opener is Ambivalence Blues. It's like a seven minute 
epic with one of the great lyrics I feel I can like remember. I know what you're going to say because I feel like this line is going to be remembered I feel like this line is going to be quoted in every review and it will be fondly remembered for years to come I think it should be and it's uh, when you're making new friends try not to mm. think of making up numbers at your funeral that was the line, thank God. It's stunning, it's brilliant. It's a great fucking great And yeah, in brilliant. many ways it kind of encapsulates uh, this album where it is written with a sense of humour, it is written with intelligence and with grace, but also with that darkness to the point where it's almost like being told an offensive joke where you kind of start to laugh and then you're like, oh, should I, no, not sure, yeah. not sure I should be yeah. reacting like uh, this. And it could have sounded quite jaded and there's that kind of feeling that it's, you know, you're going into proper serious adulthood maybe and you're trying to make this unorthodox music career and the struggles with that can kind of never really tra- ironically translate into the music but yeah they really pull it off with a kind of wink and a nudge and then you've got those kind of just breaking up moments like on the passing of Sega which just has that nostalgic thing it sounds like it could have fallen off a kind of Street Fighter soundtrack um, so it's a it great title say, as well yeah it is really good and um, as we mentioned the closing track again that they nailed late it late praise and they can switch it up so well as well you know they can do that ballady kind of stuff and it sounds gorgeous it's like Jeff Buckley's Telecasters just opening it up it sounds fantastic yeah it's interesting that we kind of listen to the new Bonnie Vare record because I mean that's a record that's difficult to unpack from a basic analytical point of view and if you're going to write at length about it I feel kind of similar about this one as well and I quite like it for that I quite like that Windings are a band that I can't pin down and four albums in four and a half albums in as you say they remain that they have that kind of air about them and again they have that air about them where it doesn't feel practiced it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel put on it doesn't feel like it's affected it doesn't feel like they really sat down and calculated this they just happen to be a bunch of very interesting lads who have a lot of they're kind of you know they're they're one of those bands that are kind of like they're just you know maybe they won't like to hear me saying this but like they're just quietly doing their own thing mm. i mean you want them to be bigger i mean i i believe they supported granddaddy and vicar street recently and absolutely fucking stole the show i saw a lot of people on twitter who'd never seen them before you know just being completely enwrapped by them and they have that power but i like that they go against the grain and i like that they don't you know kowtow to radio convention and they don't seem to care about that they seem to care about making the best possible record that reflects where they're at in their life at the moment unlike the other prog hardcore bands from limerick well, out there the you thing. know it's a very really niche genre trend, and there's sellouts all over the place man you know you buy a van you've sold out right you yeah. know um with seats in it so no um i'm very impressed by this band i'm very impressed by this and i yeah i i like that like i say I'm not writing a review of this, and if I was, I would I would hope to do it justice, is what I would say. Because I think <laughs> no, because I, I feel like with, with with every good record that kind of really you know has something to say, you want to match that intention and that spirit. And yeah, I'm just really very impressed by this. Yeah, and I think boy, they only it. spent three days on it, lads. Come on, I mean, I'm not that impressed <laughs> by it. Okay, four days. Eight tracks though, love yous. Yeah, no, I mean, and frankly. Once you get to the end of this record, you want to put it on again because there, there is a journey of sorts in there. Yeah, there are um, elements that I do find a bit jarring. Like it's you know there are there, and, and it does that purposely at times. Of course, yeah. yeah. And I, but the, it's like there are tracks where like all of a sudden like they're rocking out like it's you know like I was writing about Pearl Jam's first album today and like you know and I was writing about how <laughs> your <yesterday>. diary, <laughs> yeah, it's your diary, it's time. But I was writing about how that record is can be quite you know. It has some of the worst elements of barroom grunge. And I mean, I feel like, you know, with this, there are times when some a guitar run will come in and you're kind of like, what the fuck he's doing? Mm. You're like, like what? what is that for? But it totally works within their strange context. And yeah. there are some vocals that are a bit kind of like, is that designed to kind of make me feel like it's a bit grating? But again, 
it's all part of this puzzle that they're working out together. Mm-hmm. And I think in the overall context of the piece, it absolutely makes sense. And just because it doesn't immediately, or if it does give me pause for thought, and if it does make me kind of go, well, hang on a minute, but I'm not turning it off, well then surely, you know, fucking... Yeah. It's doing its job. Job done, yeah. yeah. It, some They do occasionally sound like a bit of a throwback, though. They recall so many of those kind of early to mid-90s bands, I think, that sometimes you feel like you're in a bit of a time war. It's very analog. Yeah, it is very I analog. Feel, I feel like this, like, like I, I don't know how it was recorded, but I feel like... Uh, they must have used old instruments or some shit but like you know like that's that's good you know Do like, Lee like, from the, the Laz and have like dust from the 1960s on it. <laughs> but like especially in this day and age where everything is so glossy and you know like high produced and that's oh, these days I love Dave. that shit too but like it's yeah as you say throwback it's nice to kind of you know like I feel like this is the kind of album I would have bought on CD back in the day you know like I, 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 I know. you won't pay a thing no, no, it no. should be said that yeah given that we've discussed what <laughs> albums Dave bought on CD back in the day yeah, that probably doesn't sound like the greatest compliment yeah you got a point there I have to admit give a score Ooh, this again tough uh, I'm gonna go I'm, I'm gonna go 7.5 yeah, I'd probably go 7.5. I mean, I, it hasn't knocked me off my feet the way the last record did. I do think that's the better record. Yeah, um, I'm going to spend a lot more time with it. So, yeah, for me, at the moment, 7, 7.5. I would go 7.5. Okay, um, cool. I think it, yeah, it may be just short of an 8. But then again, like you say, it is a record that does seem to have a bit of unpacking. And as well, they are back in town next month and they are always fantastic live. Not only that, so. but when we come to the end of the year on the show and we're counting down our records, I wouldn't be surprised to find it in the list. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's there's few better recommendations that we can make uh, to go check a record out and to give it time than that. Uh, if people are giving time to other records this week, what do you, do you have in mind? Well, I mean, again, I've kind of been lost in stuff I've had to review or even prep for. So I haven't given the new Warpaint album as much of a spin as I would like to have. So uh, all I will say so far is what I expected I would be saying in that it's a Warpaint album. You know, I'm neither blown away by it nor offended by it. It's just there. Uh, I do need to give it a, a bit more attention, but, you know, that will be out by the time this podcast is out. Uh, Aluna George's record is out as well, and it's getting quite middling reviews. Uh, I think while it's no masterpiece, I think it's definitely worth your time. So, yeah, check those out. Yeah, I was going to say Aluna George myself, and I kind of agree it's no masterpiece, but it does have its moments. I'm going to have to check that out, yeah. No, I haven't been keeping up to speed with stuff, but, yeah, they always kind of interest me, and um, I'm sure there's great moments on it. So I will check that out and report back. Yeah, a couple of other great albums coming out uh, next week. Um, so much music. So it's much It's been a great music. year. It's so been an, an, an overwhelming year mm. in many, many ways. We have been unpacking the Bonnie Vare album slowly. We'll be discussing that in next week's pod. And as well, coming next week, we have a special interview with Wallace Bird. She dropped by the studio a little while back. We had a long, boozy chat. <laughs> And we'll be releasing that Make next complete week. fools out of ourselves. We really, in front really of her. did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified to listen back to it. It's been about a month, and uh, she was a great sport. She's as awesome. She, as she Love often her. is. And yeah, her new record, Home, um, I fucking really hit me for six. I think we're all very impressed by it. And the title track from that record will play us out this week. So tune in next week for some Wallace Bird and for us trying and probably failing to really get into the minutiae of the new Bonnie Vera record. No, I'll nail it. You're gonna nail yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me 20 minutes. You're confident about yeah, that? Yeah, I'll Okay, well, I appreciate it. How do you feel, Cullen? I'm quietly confident. <laughs> okay, excellent. Not that brash it's not competition, lads. <laughs> brash Fitzpatrick. I like it. That's your new thing. Cool. Okay, uh, so to play us out this week, Wallace Bird and Home. My name is Dave Hanready. Uh, there will be no encore. This has been no encore. This is Wallace Bird, and this is the pretty fucking beautiful home. All I ever wanted 
was to settle down and marry, laugh and love and hopefully have a child. Have our family surround us, friendships that never die. Well, we can try, we can try, we can try. Oh, we can try, we can try, we can try. There are times in life so good that looked me in the eye, but I was busy, so it passed me by. But today I got a ticket for a long journey home to you and I. Oh, home to you and I. I'm not good for you right now. I'm good for you forever. There's so much to you makes me turn the page. My blind dedication is no surprise. I was right that very first day when you rolled into the kitchen with a basket bare and chicken and a look of mischief. Pouring from your eyes, over drinks and songs and dad jokes, I kept touching your hand for your attention. I kissed you in my mind. The sun was rolling upwards, and you were going home. And my head stayed drunk on you for such a long time. So I moved to this country, where you reside. So we can try, we can try, we can try. Oh, we can try, we can try, we can try. Dear Mother God in heaven, you're one hell of a woman. I'll believe that it's for something till I die. If you put two and two together, forget about the maths and give us three or four or five. Well, we can try, we can try, we can try. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. Does she sing her own name at the start of it by any chance? Because in, in a Jason Derulo fashion. To the show! Party favors! You don't own me. No one can tell you how to travel as you are. Orbitz wants to help you discover where you want to go, who you want to go with, and what you want to do when you get there. Visit orbits.com slash pride. To book your next trip, Orbits, travel as you are. So just let me be myself to say and do whatever I Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.